fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed. What's up? Welcome into it. The pre-Friday celebration, man. You see the light at the end of the tunnel. You're almost there. Hang tight. Be strong. And hang out. Let's do this thing, man. We got a loaded show for you today. It's going to be a fun one. We don't have any time to mess around. So much to cover and so little time in our one hour together like we do every single day. It's like the time we look forward to talking on the phone with that significant other, hanging out with your BFF. And that's what we get here on the program every single day. Welcome into a broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, baby. Multiple radio stations and TV, and live streaming, and podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. It's always a pleasure, and welcome aboard your Millennial General reporting for duty today. I don't want to waste much time because we have two guests today. As you know, we've been going through our week that's uh, our first themed week, and we've had some great guests throughout the week, but we continue it on with our uh, week-long salute. We're all going to die because of you! (laughs) (laughs) To health. As bottom of the hour, we have Dr. Joseph Ladapo. He'll be on the program uh, to talk about his latest book and some of the statistics he's seeing of, regarding the COVID-19 virus and the vaccine and some of the other information that's coming up. But also to talk about the same issue to a degree. Excited to have back on the program as well. Let's kick off right out of the gate here with our latest and What's Trending. What's Trending Today. As I'm happy to have back on the program, Deanna Klein. She is the author of the book Vaccine, Injuries, Lies, and Deaths. The alarming facts about the COVID vaccines and helpful resources for healing. Deanna, how are you today? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's so good to have you back on the program. I know it's been a little bit since we've had you on here. Uh, And because of that, it's been, we've had some time now. We've been able to process the pandemic. We're almost back to normal-ish. I don't know what the new norm is compared to the old norm, but we're almost back to normal. And we continue to see the push from the pharmaceuticals, from the government, from the state health departments, from your local county health departments to get your vaccines, to go get your boosters. It's now back to school season again. We need to go get your boosters and make sure your kids are vaccinated properly. Deanna, where are we with this? Are we still seeing these massive herds and hordes of individuals heading out to get their COVID-19 booster shots? Well, thankfully, the last round of boosters, you know, uptake was very poor. Thankfully, it was um, I've, somewhere around 15 to 20 percent as compared to prior um, prior uh, population uptake. So that is a good sign. Uh, that being said, you mentioned, you know, going back to school and children, and it is definitely still a major issue. Um, just very recently, some good friends of mine were at some school board meetings locally and, uh, you know, we have school boards who uh, basically lied to parents last uh, year. Uh, they still want to do it again. And they say that your child cannot play or participate in sports if they have not been vaccinated. But at the school board meeting last year, they said that it was not going to be mandatory. So parents have come out and said that they were lied to. Um, and it's still an ongoing fight today. To protect the children who have virtually no risk of dying of COVID. Yeah, I was going to ask, what is that death rate for children in COVID? Because last I knew it was like less than a half a percent or something. Yeah, yeah. You actually have to go 0.00, <laughs> uh, you know, depending on the, yeah, depending on the child's comorbidities, you know, but healthy children, 
um, almost virtually no risk. They've even uh, established that there's that uh, they don't transmit it. There's no increased risk for teachers whatsoever from a child. So it's ridiculous. And and further uh, up on the scale for ridiculous is that the the vaccines do not prevent transmission, nor do they prevent illness, nor do they prevent death. As a matter of fact, the reverse is actually true. Um, A person tends to have more complications um, after vaccination. But Deanna, Dr. Fauci said that it would stop the transmission of the virus. And remember, he is science. Yes. Um, I ask everybody, have they not read Animal Farm? Because it is exactly what has happened along the way with CDC and Fauci. They have continually changed uh, their message. Um, They're still changing their message. Just recently, we heard that ivermectin was always available to be prescribed and it was was, uh, not any problem whatsoever. And we know that there was major, major pushback from that a long time ago. So they're constantly changing their message. Please, Everyone reread the book Animal Farm by George Orwell, because that has, is exactly what has happened. And, you know, um, the, the quote vaccine is not a vaccine. The definition of the word was changed. This um, jab, these shots have been declared a bioweapon in over eight counties in Florida. And I believe um, a couple of counties in Idaho um, that is continuing to progress. And this is what we need at the local level. Um, it meets the definition uh, for bioweapon. Um, it is there is nanoparticles in the in the in the quote vaccine. When I enter it into the computer, if someone comes to me and brings me their card with the date and the lot number on it, it literally says nanoparticles. So yes, my friends, there is nanoparticles in the vaccine. Um, none of that is even debatable or questionable anymore. Okay, and 14 year olds, they do not. Uh, have strokes on the tennis court, and uh, 19-year-olds should not be in the hospital with blood clots in their feet. Yeah. Okay, so this, this, these are not vaccines. They are bioweapons. They are very dangerous, and everybody needs to come on out and uh, stand up against this because this will continue, and the goal is not to help you. The goal is to do something else. Yeah, it's very scary. It's very scary. Yeah, we're yeah. talking with Deanna Klein, author of the book Vaccine, Injuries, Lies, and Deaths, The Alarming Fact About the COVID Vaccines and Helpful Resources for Healing. I, that was the question I wanted to lead into was we see now almost on a weekly basis, if not a daily basis in many cases, of a story of anywhere from a kid on the athletic field to a singer, a pop singer on stage, to uh, a professional athlete, to somebody just randomly dropping down and having either a blood clot or a major heart issue. And I know that there's no quote unquote definitive proof that this is related to the COVID-19 vaccine, but I'm pretty sure. I mean, is there a way to test and be like, you know, there's, there's probable cause here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, there really is definitive proof. Um, If you just, you know, if people will spend a few hours on Google scholar Um, you'll find definitive proof all over the place. It's really not that hard to do. Um, There, I have multiple studies, I can forward them to you, that actually aggregate uh, large amounts (laughs) of studies, hundreds of studies, matter of fact, thousands of studies. So these have been available for a long, long time now. Um, The association with clots of all kinds, the association with myocarditis and heart damage, ongoing heart damage, well-documented, Dr. Peter McCullough, of course, talks about that. Um, so there, there's plenty, plenty, plenty of medical documentation. Uh, and that's all age groups. 
that's all age groups. And, and I'm telling you, all you have to do is go to Google Scholar and do a, an hour of research, not even an hour. I can show somebody in less than five minutes. Yeah. Is there any type of specific demographic genre, pre-existing condition, something that heightens those risks of when you get the vaccine of having some type of blood clot or a stroke or some type of heart issue or heart failure? I mean, is there any consistency on who this is affecting worse than others? Well, I think there's definitely people more susceptible. Um, you have, of course, you know, I mean, I, I have dozens upon dozens of, of patients as well as just people that I know in, you know, my social life and, you know, from prior years ago, I just found out the other day that a friend of mine's daughter was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. Well, she's pretty young. That's usually not diagnosed at her age. It's not juvenile arthritis, obviously. She's not a child, and that's diagnosed in childhood. But yeah. she's also not 55 years old, okay? <laughs> so autoimmune disease is way up. So people who were maybe going to develop some issues as they age um, are, are developing them much earlier in life. Um, and so, and then obviously you have, um, like the, like the pediatrician in South Florida who died, um, way back in 2021 after his, uh, first round of, of shots, um, antiphospholipid syndrome, which is, you know, massive, um, clotting issues. And so you've got to have people who are genetically tendent towards that. And you're not going to know who they are because again, they don't take exemptions. They don't ask you, they don't even ask you if you had COVID and you have natural immunity. All of that should be considered. Because um, it's very well established that these are very, these uh, shots are pro-inflammatory, extremely pro-inflammatory, which is why half the world is in pain now and everybody's on prednisone or dexamethasone to reduce their pain levels um, and and their inflammation levels. Everything that ends in the word itis uh, is up. Uh, Systemic vasculitis is up. Everything that ends in itis is, is, is related to inflammation. And inflammation is associated with normal aging. So if you, if I shoot you up with a bunch of inflammation, you're going to age a lot quicker. So yeah. maybe you would have developed some of these heart conditions later on in life, but you wouldn't have developed them at 29 years old, like I know a, a, another person. So um, 27, excuse me, 27 year old who had a stroke. Okay, after the, the first two shots. So. So these are the things that are very, very well established in the medical literature now. Extremely pro-inflammatory. And when you throw a flame, (laughs) you know, when you throw a flame of inflammation on someone who already has a little bit of inflammation, which we all do have some degree of inflammation from, you know, from what we've eaten or from, uh, for that matter, uh, sunburn, you know, gives you inflammation of the skin, (laughs) right? And yeah. so we throw a bunch of inflammation at you, and wherever you had a small, tiny problem it is now a very, very large problem, or it's happening much, much sooner in life. Um, appendicitis, by the way, is also very well established to the vaccine. Again, it ends in an itis, uh, and th- those cases have been um, you know, up since, uh, uh, since the vaccine rollout, or people having appendicitis within weeks. Yeah. Uh, to less than a couple months. So I could go on and on about that. But yeah, it's my so honestly, it's the perfect bioweapon, really, because it's going to look different in everybody depending on where their inflammation is. Right. Sure. So that makes it almost a perfect bioweapon. I mean, I don't know if they do that, if they were brilliant enough to realize that. I kind of think they were because some big pharmaceutical companies whom I won't name, but all you have to do is spend a couple hours uh, researching their um, their investors pages. 
And you'll see that a long time ago in 2020, before the shots even came out, um, they knew somehow that um, anticoagulant, very expensive anticoagulant medications were going to be the number two seller up until at least the year 2026. And they also knew and projected to their investors that um, uh, that cancer drugs, um, numerous cancer drugs, were going to be top sellers for the next 10 years. You know, how do they know that? Yeah. How do they know that? Yeah. And now, of course, they're supposedly researching uh, all these anti-inflammatory, new anti-inflammatory and autoimmunity drugs. <laughs> well, isn't that convenient? <laughs> And Funny how that happens. Push and push and push. Well, yeah, and like you exactly. said, I mean, every type of disease that's out there is caused by some form of inflation. And we always seem to inject ourselves with something that causes more inflation. And then it's the ongoing thing, which is why we see the average American uh, on six different pharmaceutical pills. Because once they start taking one, they have to take another pill for the side effects from that one, which they take another pill for the side effects of the second one. And it just goes on down the road and we never get out of this trap that we're in this vicious cycle that is pretty devastating deanna we got to take a hard break here can you stick over one more segment with us yes i can awesome i love this conversation i want to continue it on because my, my i have two questions left as we come back and wrap it up in the last couple minutes is number one have we seen the peak of the consequences now that we're a couple of years into this for the vaccine and number two those that may have been concerned now that they've gotten the vaccine can we do something to protect them and reverse that effect in their body what can we do moving forward? We'll do that as we continue on with Health Week here on our pre-Friday for The Voice of Reason. Lots more coming up. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is The Voice of Reason. With Andy Hoosier. Should I not tell you to strap in and hold on because we have a lot to talk about and we're going to cram as much as we possibly can into this program because that's just the way we roll, baby. Welcome back into it. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. It's always a pleasure to have you along for the ride. We're talking with Deanna Klein, author of the book Vaccine, Injuries, Lies, and Death. How the COVID vaccines, uh, the alarming facts about the COVID vaccines and the helpful resources for healing as we continue with our week-long salute to health. And we've talked about numerous different types of health from psychological health, mental health, back to school health. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about some alternative medicines to try and boost your immune system naturally (laughs) without a vaccine. I know the government's probably like, wait a second, hold on here. I don't want to be doing that. So we'll do that on the program tomorrow. Stay tuned in. It's going to be a lot of fun right now, though. Deanna, uh, do you think, as we see more of the negative side effects of this vaccine right now, do you think we've hit the peak or do you think there's still more to come? You know, that's uh, hard to answer because, again, as you said, uh, we already talked about so many people are not getting boosters. So that's a a wonderful thing. So. Um, yeah, so prayerful, and you know, a lot of people as well are shifting. You know, they are seeking uh, to repair their bodies, and they're seeking um, recovery. So um, it's it's a hard question to answer. Um, I, I prayerfully, it will it will not get worse. Um, but I definitely do see some people who, you know, still seem to be uh, suffering ill health effects months and months later. So time will tell. Time will tell on that one. I will uh, say that I yeah. will say that unfortunately, you know, in my personal practice, um, I've seen um, you know in 2020, 
two, we had three and a half to four times the usual number of deaths in our practice. And uh, I'm in primary care, by the way. And uh, and then in this year, we're we're definitely already on track to be at least four times the usual number of deaths. Wow, that's compared a scary to you know, compared to say, uh, if you go back, you know, five to eight years, if you were to go back, say, 2015, you know, all the way up to 2020, um, and compare that, so we're up, we're wet, we're up that's... three and a half to four times. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very scary thought. We got just a couple of minutes left here, Deanna, and I appreciate your time very much. But the question, if people have gotten the vaccine and they regret getting the vaccine or they regret getting a couple of the booster shots, they had to do it for work. They had to do it for whatever reason. Is there a way to, quote unquote, flush it out of your system to counter the effects of this vaccine and to try and get yourself healthy again? Is there a way to minimize the impact on this thing? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, you want to do everything you can to just be as healthy as you can and reduce that inflammation. Um, and so the quick, easy things are to, you know, not smoke and not drink alcohol and not eat sugar. Um, I used to say years ago that sugar was evil for that reason. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people when, you know, I mean, I've seen people lose 30 pounds, uh, 40 pounds, 50 pounds in reverse diabetes uh, when they go off sugar you know, or get rid of all their gut problems and joint pain when they go off sugar. So that's a real immediate way that you can do that's completely free and you don't even need a, you know, physician to tell you to cut back your sugar, right? So sure. uh, the other way, though, is, you know, there's the uh, the wellness company, which is Dr. McCullough's group, uh, the wellness company. Um, and then there's the, the FLCCC group, uh, Dr. Uh, Pierre Corey's. Uh, group and Dr. Merrick's group and all of those guys um, and, you know, which, who, by the way, they both have, you know, both of those companies are now having, or companies, uh, organizations <laughs> having hundreds, even thousands of providers working for them at this point. So, or working through them, I should say, at this point to help people recover. Sure. So you can go to those sites, you can get telemedicine visits, you can get um, uh regular follow-up um and yes healing and repair for your body so much great information and we need to be aware of what's going on and keep an eye on the headlines because potentially we could see more coming out here deanna we appreciate the time very much my friend keep up this fight let's get you back on and do it again here real soon all right thank you so much hey have a good night you as well always a pleasure all right when we come back dr joseph ladapo as we continue on with our health kick here on the voice of reason stay here the voice of reason with andy hoosier When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a pre-Friday celebration. Excited to have you along for the ride today as we continue our weekly salute to health. As we talk about different doctors, different types of health from mental health, psychology, and ways to keep your kids safe and healthy as they go back to school, among other things as well. And as you know, this has been a big talking point conversation piece for a while, but with the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic and the COVID-19 vaccinations, where are we? We're trying to keep people healthy and safe with the ongoing, I'd like to say, pandemic, even though they say the pandemic is quote-unquote over. Excited to have back on the program, as it's been a while since we've had him on, as we continue to investigate cardiac deaths, unexplained deaths across the nation. Does the COVID-19 vaccine have anything to do with it in any way, shape, or form? Happy to have on. He's author of the book, 
Transcend Fear, a blueprint for mindful leadership in public health. It's Dr. Joseph Ladapo here. Joe, how are you, my friend? Hey, I'm doing well. Thank you. Doing well. Yeah, it's good to have you back on here. I know that we see more of these almost on a daily basis. I see headlines about children, of adults, of celebrities, of singers, of athletes, people just dropping in the middle of nowhere, just having cardiac events, having just death issues uh, that are just completely unexplained, and we never hear a reason for them. I don't mean to sound like a crazy conspiracy theorist here, doctor, but is there any correlation or even a potential correlation of getting four, five, six, nine little vaccine boosters and then having a cardiac issue? There's definitely a correlation, and it's a shame that we don't hear more doctors and scientists talking about it but there absolutely is a correlation. And there are more studies that are showing that beyond the acute myocarditis, which is that case where someone has chest pain, the shortness of breath, and is hospitalized, for every one of those cases, there are probably at least 100 other cases where people don't have the symptoms but do have evidence of cardiac injury from the mRNA COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, Not to get too technical or, or, or deep into the weeds here, but what do you think is causing this? We've also talked with Dr. Robert Malone as well. I know that uh, your forwards fry, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who actually is who's as well like you, has been on this case for a while. But not to get too into the weeds here, medically, scientifically, what do you think this vaccine is doing to individuals when they take this? It's a great question. And at a not in deep in the weeds, basically the components of the vaccine seem to cause heart injury, injury to the heart muscle in a substantial proportion of people. We're not talking a high proportion of people. Maybe it's 3%, maybe it's 4%, maybe it's 2.5%, depending on the population. But that's a lot of people when you're talking about people who didn't have this medical problem before taking the vaccine. And then on top of that, there also appear to be vascular problems in some people who receive the vaccines where there's some type of vascular injury or some change in how likely they are to experience blood clots. And there's been some evidence of this. Now, I know this doesn't come out public, but uh, with concerns of, let's say, maybe thinning the, the walls of the heart tissue, or like you said, the cardiovascular issues of, of it just thinning and weakening the heart, are, is that what we're seeing in like the autopsy and the post-investigation? Is it like a just a blown heart that can't sustain it anymore? What are we seeing when we investigate it after an event like this happens? Yeah. Well, we'd have more to say about that if we were investigating. But unfortunately, (laughs) very little of that is happening. Florida, under Governor DeSantis, has initiated a program where we're going to be doing autopsies on people whose family members believe that the COVID-19 vaccines may have contributed to their death. And that's a program that we're working on right now. We'll have more information after that. But there's very little work being done in this area. That's a very scary thought. Does this affect everybody the same way with all ages? I mean, we've seen kids drop on a football field at the same time we've seen a 40-year-old artist and singer that just drops on stage as well. I mean, it seems like it's hitting everybody regardless of age or health state, doesn't it? It is. doesn't seem to be selecting for certain people. The acute myocarditis where people get hospitalized, it happens in women, but it happens much more commonly in men and much more commonly in adolescent boys. So that is more common there. But the symptoms that you're seeing across different sexes and different ages, there are probably factors that make people more susceptible. There may be even batches of vaccines that are more likely to cause injury. And we'll be looking into that, too, here in Florida. 
Very interesting. We're talking with Dr. Joseph Ladapo, author of the book Transcend Fear, A Blueprint for Mindful Leadership in Public Health. Is there a way to, if you have taken these uh, vaccines and maybe even some of the, the booster shots as well, and you're now concerned, you're seeing these numbers, you're fearful of what it may do to your health, you're concerned about your heart uh, or cardiovascular in some way, shape or form, is there a way to reverse it before it's too late or once it's in your system, it's there and there's really nothing you can do about it? That's a great question. I, I have heard some different types of suggestions. And I, people ask that question. I've never seen a vaccine with so much regret, so much user regret after people take them. And what I've told people is I think you should keep doing the things that keep you healthy. It's so important to stay physically active. It's so important to, to eat vegetables, fruits, stuff from the earth, avoiding processed foods. But beyond that, at this point in the pandemic, it's, it's, it is probably a little nuts to take any more of these mRNA COVID-19 vaccines. Is it still actually considered a vaccine? I know last I heard it still wasn't actually approved as a quote-unquote vaccine, but more of a, quote, experimental drug. Where is the actual labeling or the definition of this right now? It is considered by the FDA to be a vaccine. And I would say that without question, they are absolutely experimental. I don't care what anyone tells you, how many years of research, blah, blah, blah. It's total nonsense. They are clearly experimental. We found so many different types of side effects, neurologic, cardiovascular, uh, that are not yet well understood. The material in the vaccines in some people sticks around for a long period of time, for many, many weeks. Uh, this is something that we were initially told was uh, processed and metabolized in the body within, within minutes or hours. So we're definitely absolutely squarely still in an experimental phase. And I got to tell you, I really do believe that we haven't even hit rock bottom yet in terms of bad news that we're going to learn about these mRNA COVID-19 vaccines. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's not good news. And I've heard that as well, not just the COVID-19 vaccine, but moving forward, that this is the technology they want to use for other vaccines as well as this new mRNA stuff as well, isn't it? Absolutely. There are probably dozens, at least, of clinical trials currently underway for different mRNA uh, products. And I, you know, certainly there are some diseases where the risk-benefit is probably makes a lot of sense, like in cancer. But in, for, for general conditions, I, I would advise folks to avoid these mRNA, COVID, these mRNA products right now. Uh, when we talked with Dr. Robert Malone about the mRNA technology itself, I mean, he kind of gave it to us in the layman's terms of essentially it, when you take this type of technology, it may help prevent the virus that you're taking the vaccine for, especially with the COVID one. However, the mRNA technology essentially even weakens, though, your immune system to where it doesn't remember or uh, know how to moving forward, how to fight things off and build a natural immunity against certain things that you may be exposed to later on, making you dependent on having to take a vaccine for essentially every type of virus that you could become exposed to because your body forgets how to actually fight it off naturally. Uh, is that true? And what's your thoughts on on how this vaccine particularly is actually working against the virus? Yeah, I know Dr. Malone has shared some of those thoughts, and I appreciate his scientific expertise in this area. What I've seen, and he, he does a lot of laboratory work, so he's more in touch with that area of science. I'm more of an epidemiologist and a, and a statistician. And what I've seen is multiple studies that do show that people who receive the vaccine 
over time, instead of being less likely to contract COVID-19, they become more likely to contract it. And that is obviously abnormal. And that's been shown in data from the United States, data from the Middle East, data from Argentina. So it is a problem. I mean, that is clearly abnormal for a vaccine after three or six months to increase your chances of contracting the virus. That's obviously abnormal. CDC, FDA have said nothing about that, but that is that is that is that is a a scientific data point that's been shown in multiple studies. Yeah, and of course you just mentioned it, but uh, my question was going to be, what's the response from the federal government here? We just, uh, you know, of course pushed the age barrier lower and lower and lower to have elementary school kids trying to take this vaccine, saying it's so necessary for us to be able to battle this. But if we're taking this thing and we're more prone to getting the virus later on, why aren't they responding to something like that and saying, well, you know what, maybe we shouldn't be promoting this for even young children who have like a, zero percent chance of dying from COVID-19? Honestly, it's just evil. I don't know exactly what they're prioritizing, but they're clearly not prioritizing the health of people. And it, honestly, it, it, it's, it, I, I can't use the words that come to mind on the radio in <laughs> terms of describing my reaction to what they're doing. Yeah. But it's just, it is the most just evil and terrible thing that I can imagine people doing to children and to healthy people, it's just, it's, it's just, it's a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. Yeah, it's an atrocity. Last question for you. I know you have to run, and I appreciate your time very much. It's Dr. Joseph Ladapo. Uh, the book is Transcend Fear, a blueprint for mindful leadership and public health. I highly recommend it for you to understand more of what's going on with this vaccine. But last question for you, doctors. You mentioned that uh, you're concerned about the issue of people having heart issues, cardiovascular issues moving forward as we're not quite out of the out of the clear yet and not seeing the full potential side effects of what this uh, vaccine is doing to individuals, what do you think those numbers, being a statistician, what do you think those numbers could potentially look like down the road when this is in full force and we see more people having issues? I mean, are we talking percentage of population here? How bad could this get? I, I, I truly don't know. Um, my sense is that in terms of the types of our understanding of the adverse effects of these mRNA COVID-19 vaccines, that it's going to be more bad news will come. I, I'm, I'm quite sure about that. So, but the magnitude of it, I don't know. Obviously, I hope it's as small as possible. Yeah. But truly, these are these are quite terrible products from a safety perspective. Yes, they help some people reduce their risk of severe illness from COVID-19. But they open the door to a host of other problems. They're just terrible, terrible products. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason. With Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed. Oh, my, how the time has flown right on by for another program here, especially today. Holy cow. Two wonderful, outstanding guests, Dr. Deanna Klein, Dr. Joseph Ladapo. Now, again, this episode will probably get banned on most uh, podcasting sites because of the content that we just talked about. But, again, we're just putting the information out there. You can believe it, not believe it. You can like it, not like it. It doesn't matter. It's okay. You can have your own opinion about these issues. But I have still not gotten my COVID-19 vaccine, and yet I have not passed away or perished from the virus. Craziness. 
And the fact that we hear more and more and more news about people getting sick from it, having heart issues, having cardiovascular issues, as we continue to see more side effects of this COVID virus and uh, or the vaccine, and we're going to continue to see more side effects. Hopefully, we've peaked. Hopefully, we've capped, and we can start seeing the downward trend of that now that the booster shots are starting to become less and less popular. But I want to read you some headlines here. I just Googled COVID vaccine on the latest news And this is what we've seen as of the last day. USA Today, 12 hours ago, COVID vaccine, choosing where to get the shot matters, according to the latest study, with a picture of an infant that's less than a year old sitting there with an oxygen mask on, talking about where you should get your COVID-19 vaccine because it matters, according to the study. Political headline. Biden's fall COVID vaccine rollout for the uninsured won't include pharmacies at first. I mean, obviously, we need to get it, and the vaccine better be covered by the uh, pharmaceutical industry or at least by the insurance companies. And how dare they not make it free for everyone through subsidized programs with the federal government like we've done over the past three years. Uh, Here's from Washington Post to eight hours ago. When to get your COVID booster, your RSV vaccine, and flu shot this fall. No no word, no news, no information whatsoever about, hey, we're starting to see some side effects, like we talked about with Dr. Ladapo, about maybe some of the the autopsies after a death on what the reasoning was, on an investigation on what's leading to an increase in death. Dr. Deanna Klein just said that in their offices, they've seen two to four times higher deaths year over year than what we were seeing prior to the COVID-19 vaccination and the pandemic itself. There's something going on, and whether it's just a bad reaction, whether it is the vaccine, whether it is the virus, I'm not here to say one thing in particular of actually what it is because we don't know, and we don't have any information to support it one way or the other, but conveniently we don't have any information because no one's doing the research to figure it out. I said this before, there's a wide, thick, uh, uh, Grand Canyon line now between what science is and what propaganda is. Because now there is no science. Usually when there's an anomaly like this, we would say, hey, we're going to do some scientific study to figure it out. And we're going to do some uh, studies and we're going to do our hypothesis and we're going to test it and we're going to figure it out. And by the end of it, here's our grand results. And either, yeah, you know what, there's a correlation. Or, you know, no, actually, there's not a correlation. It's something completely unreal, uh, unrelated, and we need to figure out what that is so we can stop the increase in deaths that's between 2 to 4% uh, since we've seen over the past couple of years. And then we can figure out what that is, and we can move forward. But instead, we don't even look at it. So that way, when they're like, hey, we have kids, we have athletes, we have hip-hop stars, we have random people just walking down the street that are just collapsing with heart failure, collapsing with an increase in blood clots, collapsing with an aneurysm, collapsing with whatever reason, and a no, 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 we're not going to look at it. Nah, we're not going to take a look at that. Don't worry about it. Just slide it under the rug. It was a clot. Duh. End of story. Not, gee, what's causing that? You would think we would have that conversation, but we don't. And then they can do the plausible deniability of, well, there's no science to back that up. There's no science because we've done no science because you haven't funded any science because you don't want that funding to be there. Why? Because the vast majority of Congress is funded by pharmaceutical industries who are not liable when there's actually any type of negative response uh, due to that one. Because unlike what the government can do at a federal level, and now we're not just talking about vaccines or health, the government cannot make a federal utopian blanket law 
when everybody lives their lives differently. Every state is different. Every individual is different. Everybody's individual health is different. Everybody's individual biodome is different. I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to explain that to to you. You can Google it. Everybody's individual genetic makeup is different. Everybody's lifestyle is different. Everybody's uh, diet is different. Everybody's blood type is different. Every single human being is different and unique. And they're trying to tell us that a single blanket vaccine has no side effects for some that are different and have a different reaction to it. Some good, some bad, some positive, some negative. And then they're like, no, 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 don't worry about it. But the fact that we're having more unintended consequences than ever before, and they still don't even research to figure out why, should be your sign right there. Back at it tomorrow for a Friday. Until then, this is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Have a wonderful Thursday. We'll see you on the radio.